Saints fans, Pelicans fans, let's go. This is the Black and Blue Report. Black. Bree is going to go deep. He's got Graham. Touchdown. Blue. Down the lane. Shoots. No. Tip follow in for Davis with three tenths of a second left. Welcome into the podcast for the fans, straight from the teams they love. It's good to see you guys, and uh, I didn't know we had Studio B here in our facility. Good setup. Now that I know where your guys' little office is, I can pop in here whenever I want. Well, we're playing through AD, and so everybody's going to have to adjust to that. Coaches, players, analysts, celebrities, and more. That guy's Anthony Mackie. I've gotten in many of our arguments about the Pelicans and the Saints uh, over the years. Harry County Jr. joins us here on the Black and Blue Report. Undoubtedly, to me, the Saints are the singular reason that New Orleans is back on the map. Hoda Kotb from the Today Show on NBC, our guest. You know, New Orleans gets in your blood. The Saints never leave it once they get in there. This is the Black and Blue Report, straight from the source. No appointment radio. Wherever, whenever. Now, from Studio B, or from wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Sean Kelly. Hey, how goes it? Welcome into the Black and Blue Report, the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans. Happy Memorial Day weekend, everybody. I'm Sean Kelly, and greetings today from Studio B on Airline Drive, the headquarters of the Saints and the Pelicans. We're about to wrap up a week's worth of Black and Blue Report here with you, and we had quite a week, didn't we? Wow, there was a lot going on. On the NBA side, of course, uh, the conference finals are well underway. <laughs> Pretty thrilling finish last night. Golden State's now up 2-0 in the Western Conference uh, Finals, and, of course, Atlanta and Cleveland will continue their series. Yesterday we found out that Anthony Davis was uh, named All-NBA First Team. Great visit with Mark Spears from Yahoo Sports about that and other NBA topics. And on the football side, Andrus Pete yesterday uh, was uh, signed by the Saints. They came to an agreement on a four-year deal. So that means that all of those uh, draft picks have now been signed and uh, delivered here for the New Orleans Saints. And we were able to wrap up rookie minicamp from this past weekend all week long and saw the Saints also sign two uh, free agents, guys that came that were invited to minicamp and did well enough to uh, earn themselves a uh, spot to continue. So... All good stuff. We're going to turn our attention toward Memorial Day weekend now, and then the next thing you know, or at least the next thing on the calendar here, uh, we'll keep an eye on, obviously, a coaching search for the Pelicans, and then Saints minicamp as a full squad coming up in just a couple of weeks now. On today's show, we will visit with Mike Triplett and his thoughts prior to the holiday weekend about where things stand with the Saints, and we'll welcome in a Saints Hall of Famer. John Carney returns to the Black and Blue Report. We'll talk to him in just a moment. I'm Chip Chapman, here on the street asking people what they would do with a $40 million Powerball jackpot from the Louisiana Lottery. I'd fly to Italy to go shoe shopping with my girlfriends. I'd invest it, of course. I could double that money in no time. And you, sir. I'd buy me a vacation home on my own private island and a new sports car and a golden hot tub. That's quite enough from you, sir. Play Powerball at any Louisiana Lottery retailer. Starting jackpot $40 million. Must be at least 21 to purchase. All-Star Electric is lighting up the future with the latest in LED lighting. All-Star Electric specializes in the installation and conversion of the newest LED lighting products. 
This lasting investment is virtually maintenance-free and offers significant savings on your next electricity bill. This is Tim Blanchard, president of All-Star Electric. Let us evaluate your building, parking lot, or home for an LED conversion because we know we can save you some money. Pelicans fans, be sure to download the team's official app so you can play our new game, Quest for the Coast, presented by Chevron. Help Pierre the Pelicans save the coast in this infinite flying adventure. Save as many miles of the coast as you can before the water rises. This fun, interactive game includes a basketball bonus round and educational facts about the environment provided by the Audubon Nature Institute. Quest for the Coast, presented by Chevron. Available only on the Pelicans app. Download it today. Hi, it's Mark Romig. When I'm not announcing, it's good, I'm listening to the Black and Blue Report. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Continue on this Friday here with the Saints Hall of Famer. John Carney stops by. He's uh, been out in California again, you know, where he resides. And, uh, John, first of all, I know that you're probably beating us in the weather game already, but I would imagine uh, with school concluding now across the country that you're about to get really busy with uh, kicking camps and more coaching, huh? Uh, agreed, agreed, and thanks for having me on, Sean. Um, guys are uh, high school guys, anyways. College guys are becoming available for a few weeks of training. Uh, high school for the whole summer, so it's an exciting time to get these guys dialed in and, and pre- prepared for their upcoming football season. And um, I enjoy really um, passing along a few things that I learned along the way. I mentioned your status as a Saints Hall of Famer, John. I think you started a trend last year. We've got two more special teams guys. Are uh, going to be inducted into the Saints Hall of Fame this fall. I think that uh, speaks well to that phase of the game for you guys. Well, it does. It's great to see them getting the recognition they deserve. Um, I did get to enjoy playing with Michael Lewis, who was so electrifying every time he touched the ball. I don't think uh, there was a Saints fan in the house that ever got up when uh, a ball was being kicked or punted to Michael Lewis because they knew he always had the threat of taking it to the house. and. And Tyrone Hughes, the same thing in the decade earlier. So very excited for those guys, well-deserving. And I look forward to seeing them get inducted into the hall. I guess I bring this up with a touch of hesitation, John, because aren't they kind of adversarial to you? I know that you and Michael played together on the same team, <laughs> the same goals. But, uh, you know, it's one thing to kick, and, and in your case especially, trying to put it through the uprights. But those guys punting the ball and, and sending it off of a tee uh, probably are wary of guys like Michael Lewis and Tyrone Hughes. Uh, they give us nightmares, of course. So, I was fortunate <laughs> never have to have to kick off to Michael in a game. Uh, I would have hated to have done so. Um, I think he gave special teams coaches and kickers and punters nightmares around the league every time he came on the field and lined up to return their kicks. You know, we hear all the time, uh, you know, a kicker, and this, and I'm trying to figure out if this is even accurate. You'll hear an announcer say sometimes, you know, clearly uh, John or uh, Thomas Morstead or somebody's going to try and kick it away from this guy. Is that clearly a goal, or or is it just a matter of you're more worried about placement as opposed to the actual kick returner? No, absolutely. We take every returner into consideration, and the dangerous ones like Michael and Tyrone, <clears throat> often the punter will be asked to kick the ball to the sidelines and or kick it out of bounds on the fly. I know when I was at the Giants, Tom Coughlin loved it when his punters would kick it out on the fly. We called it painting the sidelines where the ball actually lands uh, on the white or beyond that on the sidelines for a punter to keep the ball out of the hands of the returner. Uh, Very advantageous for his punt team. 
and and moves that threat of the returner. So absolutely, um, directional punting uh, and directional kickoffs, putting it down in the corner there, giving your coverage team uh, an opportunity to trap them and, and only have to cover one half of the field. Uh, that's a big-time strategy for the special teams coaches facing a dangerous returner like Michael or Tyrone. John, let me let me speak to your wheelhouse a little bit here because also this week we get news that the the uh, point after attempt is going to change. Obviously, with the line of scrimmage now move back to the 15 yard line. What were your thoughts about the rule change, and and how do you think it's going to affect the game? Well, I think it will affect it more than we initially uh, expect. Um, the, the percentage of extra points will go down. Um, it's at 98 percent plus now. It'll go down to below 93, I think. Uh, it's going to put a lot more pressure on uh, the place kicker and add value to the place kicker. Um, you'll see a lot more two-point conversions attempted, especially when the weather's tough. Um, I think teams will be practicing and preparing a lot more two-point uh, conversion plays. In fact, they'll probably even have a, an entire book of uh, two-point plays. So uh, I think it's going to change the game a lot. It's going to give the offensive coordinator some headaches towards the end of the game of uh, the decision-making of a two-point versus the one-point 33-yard kick. So I think it's going to be exciting, that's for sure. I know the league wanted to add some spice to this extra point play, uh, enliven the game up, and they're certainly going to get all that and more. So do you see this as a positive for kickers? Well, (laughs) uh, no one likes to miss kicks. Uh, especially when they're called an extra point. And I certainly know that from my experience. And uh, there's going to be some mixed extra points that uh, are going to be hard to to digest, but that's just part of the game. And, and the guys, although there will be more pressure and more skill involved, um, there will be kickers around the league that will be considered money from uh, the 33-yard range, and their value will increase uh, for sure. Yeah, and that's, the I guess, the positive I'm going after is that as far as pay goes, uh, I would think that you've used the word value twice, John. Uh, to me, uh, this may increase pay for guys around the league. Well, I always love it when my fellow specialists get paid well, so uh, <laughs> I, I think you're right. I think you're right. I think it'll expose some kickers as well um, because if, if their extra point percentage, you know, drops down quite a bit, then um, – they didn't believe leave themselves, uh, you know, really uh, in, a, in a position where teams are going to start looking to replace them. So uh, definitely higher value and, and more pressure. And a kicker, you know, during slump certainly can't run out and kick a few 20-yard extra points now and try to get back on track. Uh, his shortest kick of the day may be that extra point at 33 yards. John, from the standpoint of, of, of you having done it, still do it, uh, and from teaching it, share with me the difference in, in technique or approach between what we have known as the traditional extra point kick to now, as you're describing, a 32- to 33-yard field goal attempt. Well, from a 33-yard uh, distance, uh, a player now will have to take into consideration uh, weather conditions, wind, crosswind, and get off time. So, uh from a 20-yard distance, wind is not a factor. Uh, the kicker lines up and kicks the ball straight, and there's not enough room uh, for Mother Nature and wind uh, to move the ball. 
But from 33 yards, certainly that is the case. And so he has to approach each extra point as if it was a field goal and really take all, all those things into consideration. And now knowing that the defense, if they block the kick, can return it for, for two points, um, there will be more pressure on those attempts as well as far as defensive pressure. And so he's going to have to make sure that his get-off times are solid and, um, and very quick. Saints Hall of Famer John Carney with us here on the Black and Blue Report. John, how's your family doing? Everybody good? Everybody's good. Thank you. I appreciate that, John. And we're hoping that you can get back here to New Orleans at some point. Any plans on that? Uh, I always love to come back and visit. Uh, hopefully uh, we'll make it down there sometime this year and uh, see my, my fellow Saints coaches and players and see how these guys are preparing for the 2015 season. Absolutely. Great to visit with you. We can't wait to see you again. I appreciate all the insight today, John. Thank you, Sean. You bet. All right, John Carney with us here on this Friday. We'll take a quick break. We'll be right back. In New Orleans, food is more than a passion. It's a tradition. And Zatarans has been part of that tradition for 125 years. From jambalaya and dirty rice to crab boil and more, Zatarans has been jazzing up dinner since before there was jazz. And we're excited about what next season might bring. Jazz it up tonight with Zatarans, proud sponsor of the New Orleans Pelicans. At Smoothie King, we're so much more than just fruit and a blender. Because each and every Smoothie King smoothie is blended for a purpose. Whether you want to make it one more mile or simply make it through the day, we have a smoothie just for that. Bring us your purpose and we'll blend it. Looking to purify your diet? Hurry in now and try our new Nutty Super Grain Vegan Smoothie. Made with almond milk, Sun Warrior Protein, Super Grains, and a peanut taste you'll go nutty for. Only at Smoothie King, proud supporter of the New Orleans Pelicans. Smoothies with a purpose. Do you have all the right moves to be a member of the hottest dance team in the NBA? The Pelicans dance team is having open auditions for their 2015-16 squad, and you're invited to try out. Audition prep classes are starting soon, with open auditions happening Saturday, June 13th at the New Orleans Pelicans practice facility on Airline Drive in Metairie. Get details on these prep classes, open auditions, and full Pelicans dance team coverage now at pelicans.com. We're talking Saints football on the Black and Blue Report. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Again, thanks to John Carney, Saints Hall of Famer, for joining us here on this Friday. Our great conversation continues now with the man who covers the New Orleans Saints. He's on the beat for the folks at ESPN.com. That's Mike Triplett. We haven't talked to him since the draft. I'm sure he's been plenty busy, and I'm sure he's all set for Memorial Day weekend. Good morning, Michael. Morning. How you doing, Sean? Doing great. Thank you very much. Saints made some news yesterday in signing Andrews Pete finally to a contract. Uh, there they are. All the draft picks are finally locked up, Mike. Well, it wasn't a big mystery. It hasn't been a big mystery for years, which is one of my favorite developments in the NFL since since the uh, the CBA. So now we can watch them on the field. The only unfortunate thing with, uh, with Pete, just like Brandon Cooks last year, a different rule is going to keep him out uh, for a little while. His college is on the quarter system, so we won't really see him join his veteran teammates until I think the veteran minicamp are really late in the OTA process, which is a, a shame. But he seems like a guy who uh, who can pick things up pretty quickly, especially since he was playing in an offense at Stanford where this isn't going to be a, a foreign concept. They're pretty similar style offenses. 
Yeah, I think that's a pretty fair trade-off, at least, you know, his obviously NFL lineage, his uh, smarts being at Stanford. I'm with you. I don't see this being a, a difficult hurdle here for Pete or the Saints to get over before the uh, the whole team gathers on June the 16th. Um, when you look yeah, back, sure. though, go ahead. I'm sorry, Mike. No, no, yeah, I, I agree. <laughs> when you look back on rookie minicamp, what were some of your takeaways from this past week? Well, you know, it's funny. Uh, the, the size of the draft class stood out because we didn't get to see them on the field, unfortunately, but the size of the draft class stood out when we're bouncing around the locker room and you realize there's six or seven compelling guys to go talk to. Um, you know, I've been all for the Saints trading up in in recent years because I've always felt like they were so close to winning a Super Bowl, uh, loved trading up for Brandon Cooks, felt like a missing piece, was fine with the concept of trading up for for Mark Ingram, um, and, and he's obviously become a huge piece for them. So, and, and they're so good with undrafted free agents that uh, that you know they fill out that roster nicely. But there is something to the, the theory that a lot of teams say more draft picks equals you know more lottery tickets, and and you just see so many guys on this team who even if they're not going to contribute and, and change the team immediately as rookies. Uh, a lot of guys who could become, you know, part of the foundation of this team going forward. So, you know, you ask if you were to ask, you know, who, who's the one that's going to be the biggest impact or the most exciting? I think you could make a case for three or four or five guys. Uh, uh, definitely those top three picks, though: Andres Pete, um, Stephon Anthony, and and Haoli Kakaha. I'm sure you have to learn to say that more than I do. But uh, <laughs> all three of those guys, I could see uh, being real core players for for years to come. It's interesting, isn't it? You know, you you've watched the film, you've spoken with these newest players. Um, we'll still have a mini camp to evaluate in June, but then, but even even during the training camp process, uh, it is hard to gauge, as we found last year, what kind of an impact new players will make, especially when they're practicing against their own teammates or even in those uh, preseason game formats. Uh, time will only tell. I understand that, Mike, but. When when do you start to be able to begin the process of figuring out if if these guys that you mentioned truly will make an impact for this draft class? Well, one thing that's really unfortunate with all three of those guys that I just mentioned is it's a long time before you can tell when a front seven defender or an offensive lineman is any good. It's like three weeks into training camp, two preseason games, you know, uh, because all those guys you can't judge until they're in pads and live tackling. Um, Brandon Cooks ooed and odd us or made us ooh and ah quite a bit last year because you can tell what the receivers are doing. You can usually judge the quarterbacks, the receivers, and the cornerbacks, and then you have to wait till till they're live tackling in practice and preseason games before you start judging the linemen and the uh, front seven and the running backs. So uh, um, the the one thing you can gauge it by though is I, you know we know these coaches well enough to to kind of read their not only what they're saying, but how they're saying it. Uh, I, I think I wrote right after uh, we talked to Sean Payton for 30 minutes about everyone on the roster, I thought there were two guys in particular that really got a rise out of him. You know, he said nice things about a lot of players, but when he was talking about Andrews Pete and, and how the coaches were all marveling at how fluid and, and agile he was for the size that he has and to see it in person, you know, his eyes were lighting up while he was talking about that. And then he talked about Dom, uh, Damian Swan uh, stood out to me. Uh, he was actually asked about P.J. Williams, who was drafted in the third round. And he said, yeah, P.J. Williams is coming along, but this Damian Swan is really coming along. He wasn't even asked about him. 
Um, and I think he actually made a mention of him twice when he wasn't asked about him. So those are kind of clues you pick up on, especially as we start to talk to their teammates and their position coaches. Uh, every once in a while you get a clue or two. But as far as being able to see it with your own eyes, this rookie class probably won't start standing out until preseason games start. Mike Triplett from ESPN.com with us here on the Black and Blue Report. Mike, sometimes I'm, I'm too close to it, you know, working for the team and whatnot, but I can't almost get my arms around what this team has done since the start of the free agency period between that and the draft itself and then, uh, you know, even signing a couple of guys out of the rookie minicamp and Prater and the other guy um, whose name is eluding me at the moment, but uh, Johnson, I guess. Uh, the the transformation of this football team obviously won't be fully realized until we see them all come together in late August, or excuse me, late July, early August. But am I going a little overboard in in, in talking about the extreme makeover here? Yeah, I mean, you're right, and and I'm too close to it too. I think, um, especially when you see I actually just posted something for later this afternoon about the fantasy rankings um, and how far Drew Brees has fallen. Because I think nationally people think, you know, the team traded away Jimmy Graham and Kenny Stills. They've invested in offensive linemen and running backs. They think we're going to see a drastic makeover to the offense, a run-heavy offense. Uh, and I think it's going to be a lot more subtle than that. But but it reminds you of what the perception is, that this is going to be a totally different look team. Um, I, I think the Jimmy Graham trade throws a huge wrench into everything. Uh, otherwise, we'd be talking. We would we'd say makeover. We wouldn't say extreme makeover if it wasn't for the Jimmy Graham trade. That's the part that made it extreme. And it's a big gamble because no one player. I'm not even sure if two players um, make up for the loss of Jimmy Graham. But it was part of an overall more draft picks, more salary cap space starting next year, um, and and then getting Max Unger in that trade. They've invested now more in the offensive line. They've invested now more in that defense, and, and it's not going to be a overnight. They traded Jimmy Graham for another pro bowler. It's going to be a long-term. They sat down and they said, our defense and our offensive line on this team are sort of deteriorating before our eyes. And those were the two biggest reasons why Drew Brees struggled last year. They were down in games. He was pressing. He was under pressure. So they're like, long-term, we have to rebuild our defense. We have to rebuild our offensive line. How do we do it? Well, we've got our draft picks, we've got a little bit of free agency money, and we've got some assets on our offense in, in Jimmy Graham and Kenny Stills that other teams would want to trade for, and that's how they decided to do it. So I'm not sure we'll, we'll see the effects right away, but I, I do understand the thinking behind it, and I do think the offensive line and the defense will get better as a result. Mike, if we're going to use Memorial Day weekend as kind of a signpost, um, or, you know, as we turn the corner into the rest of OTAs and minicamp and whatnot, um, if if you had your reporter's notebook in front of you, what are what are the things at the top of the page, either question marks or storylines that you say these still need to be fleshed out here in the coming weeks? Well, yeah. A bunch of new guys. Now, listen, uh, the the one guy I'm most excited to see on the field for the first time ever in OTAs is Jarris Bird. We talk about all the all the newcomers and what kind of impact they'll make. The the do-over season for Jarris Bird could could make the biggest impact of all. But he's a cautionary tale. You know, he missed all of OTAs last year. Came came late in training camp, and admittedly, never really got the chemistry with his new defensive teammates that he needed. Uh, there were a lot of blown assignments in that secondary early in the season, missed tackles, guys still getting a feel for each other. 
So now we talk about how exciting all these new changes are in defense, but this is the time of year where it's important for them to come together, and that's not something that, that those of us standing on the sideline with the reporter's notebook can can gauge. But, you know, they're going to have a new Mike linebacker, whether that's David Hawthorne or Stephon Anthony. And, and Danielle Ellerby is coming over from the Dolphins and didn't play last year, and where is he going to fit in? And two new edge rushers are working their way into the mix in Kikaha and Anthony Spencer. And, uh, you know, they're auditioning a bunch of new guys for the nickel cornerback spot, and Jarris Bird is back after missing most of last season. So they're, they've got some talent and they've got some options, but they're going to have to come together, not to mention, you know, adding Dennis Allen as a new defensive coach. So this this defense, in a lot of ways, you know, a lot of – there's a lot of, you know, Rob Ryan's system for the third year in a row, but there's so much change that getting that unit to come together is going gonna, is gonna to be the most important thing that happens over the course of this spring and summer. As far as the league goes, Mike, we had big news this week about the, the extra point attempt being moved back, the line of scrimmage yeah. to the 15-yard line. Uh, big deal or no? Your, your take on that. Uh, it will add interest to that play. Um, I, I think that was the whole point was that uh, every time an extra point went up, that was when people turned the channel or got up to go to the bathroom or, you know, go back to the refrigerator or, or in the stadium, you know, a, a big long lull in the stadium, like two timeouts surrounding it or whatever. Now people will, will be watching, but it's what? It's still like a 97% uh, make. Um, and I don't know that it'll encourage teams to go for two a lot more. So, uh, I think it's slightly more interesting, but I don't think it's going to, you know, change 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 the drama of the game too much. No, okay, I'm with you on that. I just I like the little wrinkle, I guess, and I and I like the way it played out during the preseason last year, and <laughs> it'll be interesting as we heard from John one. Carney. <laughs> yeah, no doubt, no doubt, it'll have some play there, without a doubt. Well, Mike, you know, I hope look, that you I have. Mean, a... There might be there might be a dramatic moment where a team's down by seven with no time left and. All of a sudden, that becomes a pressure kick, which uh, uh, that'll be when it's the most compelling. Oh, especially at an outdoor venue. Yeah. Okay. Speaking of outdoors, I hope that you get outdoors this weekend. Enjoy your Memorial Day weekend, Mike. Oh, I will. I will for you. Thank you. Thank you, sir. <laughs> Check him out on ESPN.com. It's Mike Triplett, of course. And uh, we appreciate him being with us here on this Friday of the holiday weekend. Take a break. We'll be right back. Last year, over 400,000 people from 90 countries and all 50 states came to Auctioner to find the critical care they needed. People who could have gone anywhere made Auctioner their destination for a level of expertise, clinical research, and treatment options they couldn't find anywhere else. Auctioner and our affiliated physicians are renowned for leading-edge cardiovascular care, cancer care, pediatric care, innovative treatment of neurological disorders, and more. Our outstanding transplant program has resulted in Auctioner leading the nation in successful liver transplants for years. And today, Auctioner is partnering with physicians and strong community hospitals throughout the Gulf South to bring access to the highest quality of care closer to home. Find the care you need today. Call 866-AUCTIONER for a same-day appointment. Auctioner, healthcare with peace of mind. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report, the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans. Hey, big thanks to our guest today on the Black and Blue Report, Saints Hall of Famer John Carney, and of course, Mike Triplett from ESPN.com. It was a great week, lots going on. Um, it was one of those weeks where the week started, I kind of had an idea of what, what would lie ahead, and 
Uh, it did, <laughs> and then some. So great to be with you. Thanks again for being with us all week long. We hope that you have a safe and happy Memorial Day weekend. Remember all those who have uh, paid the ultimate sacrifice uh, in protecting our freedoms. And if I may, for just a moment, uh, remind everyone, be careful on the roads. There's going to be a lot of people out and about. Make sure you use your seatbelt. Let's not drink and drive. And uh, let's all return here on Tuesday safe and sound. That's right. No show on Monday for Memorial Day. We're back on Tuesday. And we'll look for you here from the headquarters of the Saints and the Pelicans. For Daniel Salerson, I'm Sean Kelly. Happy Memorial Day weekend, everybody. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back next week. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source. The Black and Blue Report.